You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 83rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm Tim Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, I'm the little guy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I am Spencer Howe in Boston. You know, guys, not not too, too much going on in the world of cycling. So let's talk about um, important things. We are we are definitely in the dregs of winter. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's coming. No, trainer it's... season is here. There's no such thing as trainer season. Fat it, bike season is here. I'm sorry. Fat bike right. season. It's clearly go. trainer season as the amount of Zwift um, trainer workouts mm-hmm. are showing up on my Strava feed are, uh, you know, multiplying. And, you know, they're Why charging. Why would you do that? Why would you post that to your Strava feed? Because it's, it's like playing a video game. I'm, I mean, eventually once... I mean, my desk where I have my computer currently set up is my Wahoo Power Trainer. So... Mm-hmm. I'm not using it at all, except to host this podcast, but eventually, if I was ever to get this trainer set up, I would surely um, post my uh, Strava work, my uh, Zwift workouts on Strava. So you're not on the trainer right now, because I can only see your upper body. Nope, not the bottom on the bottom half of you could be horse, or it could be a man on a bike. Are you, guys, are you guys ready to get into the, the little bit of bike racing that's out there? There was a lot of bit of bike racing. Dude, there was some... There's cross races. You couldn't throw a stick anywhere in the world without hitting the cross race. So let's talk huh. about the biggest cross race of them all. The Supercross. In- New oh. York City. Was it, is that in New York City? Supercross? No, it's in Long Island. Yeah. Long <laughs> it's Island. in New York State. New York City. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's a big uh, race on the East Coast. Is that a uh, UCI race at all, Spencer? Yes. It is Probably. a UCI weekend. I think every third race in the U.S. is a UCI race now. Okay, that's that's probably true. So yeah, they had a they had a pro only section, and a lot of people were crashing in it. So that was pretty exciting. What is these pro only things? I do not understand why. Well, we have harder races out here than you can handle, little guys. Well, they I guess they do that at Jingle Cross. They do the hill yeah. and they take the hill out for the four fives and stuff. But yep. sometimes it's in for the threes, maybe, maybe. It's twos. it's a similar idea to that. These these sections are, I don't know, they're designed to. I don't know, make the elite race fear for its life, I guess. I don't know. Like, they need to be on edge just like a 4-5 would be, teetering on the edge of some sort of off-camber that they can't handle. Did you go to the race, Spencer? No. I, uh, I've i just seen the Dirtwire uh, TV highlights and footage. Oh, okay. So we have a UCI race in New England, Long Island, sorry. And then we did have the big cross LA, which I know, Spencer, you probably don't care about. But Jamie Driscoll and Katarina Nash both double up for wins uh, in the UCI standings. So good stuff going on there. But the biggest race of them all, everyone's favorite UCI World Cup, was this past weekend in Coxide, Belgium. Or Coxide, Belgium. I'm sure the haters are going to get on me for my mispronunciation. No, if you just fine. keep changing it, then they'll never know. If... Well, 
eventually I would have to get it right. And then, but then they'll get mad if I get it right and then, you know, change it immediately. But how about that race, guys? Between Sven Nice and uh, Boot Van Art trading body blows. It was amazing. And then you the world champion getting on the podium. Yeah. Exactly. That was that was the comeback from behind story right there. And you know what's interesting is all that uh, excitement happened in the last lap of the race. And it's uh, pretty exciting how much, how, how dynamically a race can change, uh, you know, in just one lap. Why, Spencer? What are you trying to get at? <laughs> this well, there's some controversy. <laughs> there was some, definitely some controversy on the internet, uh, especially on the Twitters, uh, after the women's race, which... Uh, the leader or the winner came across the line in 37 minutes, uh, like 50 seconds or something. Yeah. Uh, they were cranking out eight minute laps, which would have put them, you know, still well within the 40, 40 to 50 range the UCI requires. So a lot of people are saying there definitely should have been another lap there. And uh, we saw you some. Think they just miscalculated? Like, was the early oh, lap yeah. wrong? Yeah. Because at 37, maybe they just sped up and they. But, I mean, that's, you know, plain devil's advocate here. Things happen. And I've I've been an official and I've been in, in the tent when you're trying to do that math before they come around again. And it's it's not easy. Like, you know, the stakes happen and that's, you know, well, part of the game, I guess. But uh, what what I thought was funny was some of the comments on Twitter being like, well, you know, it, one more lap or not, the result would have been the same. And I just, I think that's a bullshit statement. Yeah, you never know. Someone gets mechanical, they fall down. Yeah. Um, million things can happen. They should have had chip timing. <laughs> yeah, that would have solved everything. So, yeah, chip timing would have surely solved everything. You know, when I was looking at the um, UCI website, I swear I saw that, like, in the men's race, they had listed nine laps just at the start. Like, they knew before the start of the race, like, they were going to do nine laps. Um, do they... Because, you know, when we've raced, they've always taken the time of the first few laps or first lap or two and then calculate how many laps are going to go on. Yeah. So do they do that for the men's? Like, it just said nine to go at the, like, almost immediately. So I'm wondering, did they do that for the women and then just, mis- like, horribly miscalculate how long it was taking them to do a lap? Maybe they have, maybe the course is close enough to pass courses they, they can know. You know, like, if they've done the same course every year, and they've always run eight minute laps, right? Like, what is the chance that suddenly they're going to run seven thirty laps? Like, maybe they run seven fifty five laps, but how is it going to get that much faster? Well, maybe there's a good awesome. shipment coming in from Pfizer, well, or something. That's true. That's true. But you know, not everybody's going to get the good stuff. Some guys are still going to run eight. But it only matters on what's at the start of the, uh, yeah. the race. But that being said, it was miserable that in the women's race is what Spencer's alluding to, being uh, cut short clearly by a lap. Kant did win, and it seemed that she had a pretty controlling interest at the end. She did. Regardless. But Katie Compton did put together a good showing to get a uh, solid third. And remember how we were all worried, or, you know, the, I don't want to say everyone was worried, but when we saw her early in the season, we were like, ooh, that's not the Katie Compton we know. But obviously, she has greater and bigger plans for the World Championships, so she's starting a little bit later this year, and that's, you know, she's really riding into form, which is pretty awesome. She yeah. is, yeah. Nikki Harris was in second. She finished very well, too. Um, it's been a couple years since we've seen her, like, at the sharp end of the race, you know? She's always kind of in the mix still, but not quite as far up as that, so that was cool. 
it was a fun race to watch in the women's side. Um, sadly, though, the the uh, the spectacle of the men's race was probably my favorite cyclocross race I've seen on television or pirate internet. And versus in internet. versus in person, um, man, were they trading attacks there at the end? You have the world champion uh, getting a solid third. You have yeah. lapped riders taking out um, riders in the top ten on the uh, with like three laps to go. That was pretty amazing. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, mm-hmm. Who got taken out? I, I think it was one of the uh, Van Tournots, wasn't it? Like it was, it was Michael. The, uh, Michael. He they still had have been a, confirmed brotherly brothers, <laughs> not, but yes, they had a, a scare that it was a fractured hip, but I guess the uh, the X ray showed it was okay. So. Well, that wasn't the crash from the lapped rider, was it? I don't know. I I know they never showed how he crashed exactly. They just showed him in a little ball for yeah, like so three laps. There was another rider that crashed, and what happened was is that the lapped rider was kind of, I don't want to say drifting, but maybe looking over his right shoulder and started drifting to the left, or sorry, looking over his left shoulder and started drifting to the right, and then the rider hit the old. Uh, barrier legs that stick out from the barriers oh yeah yeah and then he kind of did one of those like on the ground but um oh you know, yeah that landing was on his feet corner. over the handlebar kind of yeah crash. yeah okay i remember that and then he stayed with the group but it was definitely a lapped rider that was like oh yeah there that's why the 80 percent rule is uh so important so that's they why they seem to be enforcing that rule at all during the they don't seem to do that at the world cups uh, so. i feel like you see a lot of lapped riders at those that would never happen um, in the U.S. of A. But then, going into the final lap, I mean, Sven Nice or final three laps, really, uh, Sven Nice was trying attacks on places on the course that he was, uh, you know, strongest. Um, I thought for sure he was going to be able to pull it off, and then, uh, and then when he made his attack at one of the strongest places on the course for him, he totally bobbled the, uh, kind of this really short, steep uh, climb onto one of the sand dunes, and about uh retook the lead and i was like oh sven is done for sure but then they went into the drag strip of mud and yeah guys it's one of those things it was his 50th world cup win it's his last time ever at cockside so my question to you well, he might was be it, cockside was it he too, might be cockside sometimes was it too good to be true it was you almost, think, especially. Do you think Vout Van Art is going to be uh, getting a little old money for his college oh, fund? I don't think so. No, Let's, I don't even want to think about that. I don't no. care. Hey. I don't want to think about that. It was too beautiful. Weekend. The, the, it was the, the greatest thing on, ever. I'm the look on Sven's face both days. He looked so happy. You know, like he used to win, like it, like it was nothing, and not that he got bored with it, but he didn't look that happy. You know, when he won before, it was just like expected. Business. Business is now that he had had, you know, he'd had a tough year by spend standards, only like being on the podium or like fourth every race that he didn't break his chain in. Um, He breaks a lot of chains, but he's got those chains. Yeah, he looked really happy and it was great. It was really exciting. The fans were going crazy. Oh, no, I and I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to suggest uh, that I didn't enjoy it. In that it no, wasn't one of the coolest things <laughs> no, that I've seen. He's saying you didn't. But see I am a jaded cyclist <laughs> and a jaded cycling fan. That's and I learned this a long time ago. A wise man once told me, um, "Sometimes things are too good to be true." 
And this is one of those ones that maybe Sven wasn't the one that made the offer. Maybe old uh, Daddy Van Art, you know, called up uh, Sven Nisa's manager and was like, how much Heineken are you going to give me? I'll talk to him in the pit. Uh, well, or something. I, I don't know. Chalkboard guy says now he's like, it's worth it. Like we did it. It's in the bag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would it be this race? Why would he? Why would he? Oh, because it's the biggest. Be... I think it's because it's the biggest race on the calendar besides the That's World the... Championships. I mean, this is. I mean, it's not like this is a tiny race. Well, it's I know big... it's not, but I mean, I mean, I. I feel like they're all big races. I. I feel yeah. like this is sort of like how but we, what? we what? every okay all spring. What do we do? Milan San Remo. Oh my God, it's the best race of the year. It ends, and then we're all, and then we're all like Flanders. Oh my God, are you excited about Flanders? And we freak out about the next biggest race. You know? Yeah, yeah but I don't. I don't know if that if that's totally fair, little guy, because you know we're going to be looking what at Rome, UCI, like Cross World well, Cup, or Cross Vegas, well, see, and sit here going like, man, Sven could have won his fiftieth at Cross Vegas. Like no one would care. This is the yeah. biggest race on the Cross World Cup calendar. I think, well, you might be right there, but I think the order of importance goes Worlds, wherever it is, and then Belgian Nationals, and then Cockside. Ah, uh, you know, but sure, but it, that's not the 5-0, right? Like, they had a trophy ready for him on the podium that said <laughs> 50. Like, yeah. Well, like they, they've is... obviously been, they've been waiting for that. But I think, I think also, I don't know if the Belgian thing is as important as it used to be now that you've got all these Dutch riders. You know? know, like there was a point where it was just Belgian riders, but now you got the Vanderpools and you got Lars. Like that's that's taking two you know solid podiums off your your checklist. You know, it's a little more that's prestigious it. now to beat everybody else. Yeah. Speaking of Vanderpools, it was uh, pretty nice to see the world champ stripes back out. Oh, uh, especially, definitely. I mean, he didn't seem to be right up to race form. Like, he was right up there for the first few laps, and then he seemed to fade back to 6th or 7th, and I thought his day was over. And then he, he saved it up, uncorked yeah. another uh, bottle there at the end, and put in a hard last lap, and ended up on the podium. So there's only four World Cups left. There's Namor, Namor Zolder, there's the one in France, and then they go to Hugerhide. So... Those are all big races. They are big, but they're... I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, but this is Namor like... is... Probably it's up there. It's like, in the I'm top re- five. I'm really not. Uh, I really want to believe. <laughs> I really, really do. And it was. Let's I was screaming it. at my internet, going, "Come on, Sven!" Like I was so excited. And then as soon as after, I was like, "Wait!" Of all the races for Sven to win in such a dramatic fashion, I felt like yeah. I was watching like a fixed boxing fight a little bit. I think that sprint uh-huh. through the mud was legit. It did look yeah. legit, and that's why, like, these are the best actors ever, and I'm totally into it. So thanks for okay. entertaining you, me. I think you just watch a little too much uh, WWE there, too. Yeah. You I know. it's not believe anymore. I know, right? It's all work. I, to- I totally understand. Um, so, guys, the the big thing, and I remember, Spencer, I had to text you, is that I tried, uh, you know, we, we talked about this on, like, episode seven of how we watch these, you know, on the deep, deep dark web some of these cyclocross races and the UCI puts it, puts us up on their YouTube channel. And of course it's geo restricted and forever. We use the Hola app or the Hola app. It's Spanish. Tim. It's Hola. Hola. And, um, to re, you know, categorize our country for our, um, IP server. So they could, they would think that maybe I was in American Samoa 
And uh, it just wasn't working. So I texted you and you told me that, that the old Sporza feed was working with the uh, Ola app. And I tried that. It was kind of going in and out. And then I finally just uh, went to the deep, deep dark web um, of a internet link from cycling fans and had to close a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys watch it? I didn't. I watched some of the replay. Okay, so you, you didn't get to watch I, it live. You were I racing. had a bike race to go to. And then, um, Spencer, you watched on Sporza. I watched I watched the women's race on Sporza, and then my Sporza feed gave up, uh, so I had to go deep into the deep web as well uh, for the men's race. Um, so I was on a uh, Russian pirate feed of the uh, of the Sporza feed. So I was still hearing the Dutch. I didn't get any English commentators, none of the UCI feed anywhere. So, so you still got Renat, but it's yeah. like. Man, is it a shame or what that we can't even legitimately watch it? Now, little guy, you and I tried cycling.tv for a while. And yeah. uh, how was your experience? Good as, like, that's not as good as anything. It's the worst thing ever. Like, <laughs> have they still not emailed you back from 2009 when we requested no. our money back? I sent... That was my money. You never gave me any money. Um, I, I had to send like 10 emails to get them to cancel my thing they just kept charging my credit card it was infuriating and i for a while i was like i'm never gonna get out of this i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go to the uk and punch somebody to get out of this like 40 dollar a month contract with this God, cycling tv they would say they would have every race oh coming up amstel gold day of they'd be like oh never mind we got out bid. we don't have it did we did we tell you we have that no we don't have that but do you want to watch the uh bolted day southern florida we got that. <laughs> That's an amazing race. That so, sounds good. Yeah, now, who won that one that in 2009? Shit. I actually, I actually like sent three just normal standard emails along with my like cancel thing, and then I started just sending them emails that were just like "f you, f you, screw you, go to hell, I hope you die." And like after five of those, they canceled me. I like how you edited those. Uh, the, well, the, what were in those emails? For, crap, 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 for, crap, for, crap, 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 crap. Maybe crap, his, crap. maybe his emails were actually so, that's how they were worded, and and maybe that's why they didn't understand the seriousness of the situation. Well, and let's. I should have just written "bloody hell, you wanker." You're British. <laughs> I'm American. Bloody, bloody, bloody wanker hell. War of eighteen twelve. Give me my money back, you assholes. So. Ugh. We didn't kick your ass in the revolution to have to pay you forty dollars. <laughs> That's the sort of thing I should have brought up. We we fought for our rights to not be part of your thing that I signed up for, and I this don't like anymore because it's representation. It was because they wouldn't listen to me. So yes, yeah, cycling like, TV um, is not a sponsor uh, of the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, there goes. I, if they even tried, there's, I would not accept it. I would just be like, what do you have to offer me? Like, oh, wait, Wiggins training on a track all by himself? That's probably all they show. They just stream Bradley Wiggins circling a track all alone, adjusting his arrow position 24 hours a day. So, uh, so that, that gets us to this next. So cycling.tv seems to have a lot of these subscriptions. But then the U.S., is o- rights are owned by Universal Sports for cyclocross in particular. So when everyone's complaining about the UCI not allowing the races right. to be shown, they really need to direct it currently at the co- current contract holder, which is Universal Sports, which if you send them an email, they mm-hmm. won't respond back because they're out of business and no longer exist. 
Um, mm-hmm. Now, a Velo News article ran today about yeah. a portion of their existing contract and uh, um, races that they are allowed to show will be picked up on NBC Sports Network and even on NBC. But there are several that will not be picked up um, just because they yeah. do not have the uh, supposedly the rights still or something like that. So no. a lot of racists are going to be just disappeared. So we're going to find ourselves going to cyclingfans.tv or steephill.tv for all types of links. So I would recommend um, busting out the uh, the Chrome or the Firefox on a computer that <laughs> is fast, that is does not store any of your passwords, yeah. that uh, – you know, it has this, nothing else on it. You're going to have to have a burner laptop just to watch bike races. <laughs> That's craziness. I think, I think Tim, you, know you want to you put our hate at Universal Sports, but screw that shit. It's the UCI's fault. They shouldn't sell the rights to someone who's not going to show the fucking races. And now I'm going to start but, swearing. Okay, little guy. Serious. So if I'm a business guy and someone offers me the most money... Yeah. And I'm not exactly the most ethical business guy because I'm the UCI. Well, obviously <laughs> I'm going to sit here like, going, wow, I'll totally take your money. Okay. I don't care what you do with it. No, here's here's an example. Here's an example. If if I were going to sell my, my delicious Hogan's biscuits and I wanted to market them at all the Target stores in the United States, right? So Target offered me money and so did like mom and pop shop on the corner. I sell it to Target, but then Target goes, you know, I'm just buying these biscuits and I'm dumping them in the ocean so that our fucking Archer Farms biscuits can sell and we don't have to use yours. And I'm like, whatever, I got the money. That's cool. Awesome. I'm rich for five fucking minutes until they cancel the contract. That's when you invest the money. No. Oh, so the UCI is investing the money in the free streaming service they're going to bring us in a couple of years? No, they're investing the money in the steakhouse that they're currently residing in right now. No, I know. Not but listening this is, to this podcast. This is what I'm saying is that in the long run, this just hurts them because at a certain point, Universal Sports won't buy buy this contract anymore. Because they don't exist. Yeah, they, won't, they don't exist, right? They don't. NBC won't want it anymore. And then no one will ever want to use any legal channels the 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 fans will disappear one or there'll be like new weird russian uh ways to get all this shit hey i got a question how much do you think the bid goes for one of these races so hear me out here slowridepodcast.tv right like there has to be a way that we could create some kind of server space and then sell like a race like this is one of the things I never understood that like versus or outdoor life network never did. Why not do a pay per view of like Paris Roubaix, like eight hours of coverage of Paris Roubaix at fifty dollars a pop? Like there would be more than enough people that would pay for full what? coverage, commercial free, on a pay per view, like parties and whatnot. Why wait, don't wait, they do wait, this? Wait, 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 wait! You're saying I would pay fifty dollars for eight hours of coverage of Peru Bay when I could just go to a Russian pirate feed and watch it for free? Not back in like 99 when we were no, still I all on dial-up. Yeah, but now you're on a terrorist watch list. Yeah. yeah so care. so that's what, I guess that... So here's the thing. Let's create There's our no, own cycling.tv challenger, little guy. I would pay... Right. I would be willing to pay five bucks a race or 25 bucks a year or 40 bucks a year Sliding, to watch all these races. Sliding scale. I would pay like 10 bucks for one of the seven monuments. I would mm-hmm. pay 25 bucks for the uh, the tours. I will pay zero for the tour of California, tour of Utah, or any <laughs> other American stage race. And I'll pay $5 for like the Athens Twilight Crit. 
You know what? Um, the, you know who gets it right? Actually, speaking of those races you wouldn't pay for, yeah, all those races you wouldn't pay for because they they do the tour tracker app. And I know it's amazing. Live streaming and it's amazing. It's really pretty good. And I just I wish it wasn't for the, tour. the tour of California. I paid twenty bucks for that app, and it's worth it by the end of the tour. But I'm always really angry that I have to pay twenty bucks for it. Anyway, all right. So let's, let's, let's wrap up our World Cup discussion right. here, Tim. Um, all right. You, 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 I can't let you get away without a notable mention here for Ellen Noble finishing 14th in her first uh, World Cup ever. Good. Uh, Almost 16th. Throw that in there. Yeah, just a little two spots out of uh, the magic number, but uh, should just sat up and coasted a little more. Or something. Yeah. It's it close. It's a really bad. good attempt, though, for her first one. And with that, we'll be right back on the uh, Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, this is Zach McDonald, DJ of the one and only Louisville Foam Party, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, we're back, and... uh... You know, little guy, in our break there when we were um, off air, you did mention the fact, the absence of the greatest American cyclocross racer currently um, at this race. Yeah. And Jeremy Powers, not there. Yeah. What's up with that? That's stupid. Well, he wasn't so on the start in the sand. He's excellent in the sand. How do you yeah. What? Uh, so the whole training and not racing thing? Yeah, Are so... We- we already had one boring American that did that. I don't want Powers to go that route. I know it's important to train, but it's also important to race. I don't know. It just seems seems silly to me. All you the think... fast Euro guys, what do they do? They race every weekend. So, here, I have a theory. I just came up with this, so it might be uh, not fully formed. Do you yeah. think he's still depressed from Louisville, getting beat twice by Stephen Hyde? So he's just going to be like, no, I'm training. Maybe it's just done. Race. Maybe they'll break it since then. I don't think there's any. Do you think he's depressed by that? He, he may race? not win. He may not race ever again. No, come on. <laughs> Wait, if he hasn't raced since then, it might. That's it. He's retired. So maybe he's Jeremy, just selling ice cream out of the truck in Northampton now. He's like, that's what I do. Yeah. So Jeremy Powers um, did not race this weekend. Uh, wants to uh, do some training, kind of save up his, uh, you know, leg, uh, his legs from all the air travel like muscles, yeah. and concentrate for um, the World Cups after the Christmas break, going into nationals and the World Championships. And also, you know, little guy, I know you're a little dejected with uh, Jeremy Powers not being there, but where's the hate towards um, Stephen Hyde, who ha- is not racing at all for the next month? He's staying down in Pensacola, Florida, his hometown, where I will say he did just put on a cross clinic, and it looks like there was actually a pretty sweet turnout. And being in Pensacola, which is one of the most underrated cities in America, um, it, <laughs> it seems like he's got a pretty cool little community that he's building up there. Has there ever and been a cross race there? There's never been a cross race there before. Their first one is going to be in February. Um, maybe I'll make it up there. I Probably not. It's still like a seven-hour drive. February. How but, nice uh, is it there in February, Tim? What's that? How nice is it there in February? Oh, it's, it's pretty beautiful. I mean... Is it? Oh, yeah. It's probably maybe the best time Maybe they should just hold nationals there instead of Madison, Wisconsin in January. I agree. Like, I think it would be a pretty sweet place for it, and... It was really cool to see uh, Stephen Hyde giving back to the local community. And I, I emailed my um, uh, buddy up there uh, who owns one of the shops. I was like, hey, do you know Stephen Hyde? And he's like, heck yeah. He's worked at like every shop in town. He's one of the coolest <laughs> guys. 
And, <laughs> and little guy, there was an interview, and I couldn't help but think of you um, on the Crosshairs podcast. They did a really nice interview with Stephen Hyde, and he's one of these guys that um, Bill of Crosshairs, you know, would ask a question, and then he wouldn't have to ask a question for another like five ten minutes later. Like it was just a natural conversation. But this guy has ridden his bike across the country. Um, he's got a little bit of Sven Tuft in him, uh, kind of that vegan punk rocker thing for a little while, and just kind of like, oh, I guess I'll race. And he reminds me a little bit of uh, the young little guy when I was uh, starting out as a messenger, like, yeah, I guess I'll show up to race. And then you did well. And just like this weekend, um, yeah. you know, you're not out there training, but you're riding in the top three for a while at the state cross I championship. I train occasionally. I, train. <laughs> I like the idea that I don't train. I. That would be great if I didn't train and I and I and I can still do what I do. <laughs> I mean, Stephen Hyde quickly becoming a favorite, I think, across the country. Yeah. But um you know anyway. Oh, I do want to go back one quick uh thing. I did put a tweet out there on uh Coxide during it that if there's an anti uh Vout Van Art uh fan club, I'd like to be the president or honorary president. It's nothing personal. I just don't like him. Um, Start the U.S. chapter. Just because he's won too much. Yeah, I think that's why. And, you know, I got called out by a friend, fan of the like podcast, Spenny. Jake. So he's, I, got, he well, like I, I got called out on this by uh, Jake uh, Steckman, a former Subway Pro cross racer. Uh, he's like, wait, but you're cheering for Sven, who has, like, won every UCI World Cup for, like, a decade or whatever? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I totally understand, but there's something about Sven winning when he's not supposed to. So... I've, the anyone but Vout fan club. So that would be A-O-W-F-C. Uh, feel free to uh, join up, and I will happily be there. Nothing personal, but I just don't like the Yankees or the Lakers either. Or the Blackhawks. No. The, the Blackhawks are completely different. <laughs> okay. Totally different. So a little guy. Yeah. Minnesota State Cross Championships. Yeah. One of Spencer of mine's favorite races. One yeah. of your favorite races, something we've all been involved with from racing, promotion, officiating. Um, how did fun. it go? Uh, it went all right. I, I got six the first day. Kind of blew up really big. <laughs> as was the, uh, much as I've ever blown up. Uh, I was kind of out of it after it. But it was classic good. Classic course there, little guy? Or? Um, yeah, it was kind of always classic course. It was mostly the same. They kind of moved the start a little bit this year. Um but it was the same stairs. You had, like, switchbacks after the stairs on that hill. You know, that steep hill after Going the down. stairs over the top. Yeah, you went down, you shot back up, and then you did a cool little switchbacky thing and went through the path through the woods. And any, uh, there's a good any, little off-camber, kind of weird, steep climb that you had to ride any up. Any pro-only sections, little guy? No, there were no pro-only sections. They, oh, were, uh, they any, were all pro sections. Any volleyball, section. volleyball court action? Yeah, you know, you went through the sand pit, but it was really um, hard packed. It was you just sort of flew through it because it was like problems. So it was like because it's twenty degrees out, um, looked yeah. like pretty cold. Now I saw a video, cool. and we're going to link it on our um, show notes. I want everyone to take a look at it. Little guy is in the uh, second half when it's the uh, state one two championships. You can see him in a nice looking kit. He's got that uh, the headband. Um, rocking it up the stair, the staircase. The staircase is the main feature of the Minnesota State Ch- Cross Championships. But I do want to give a congratulatory uh, shout out to Josh Bauer, who is a fan of the podcast, who won the title. Now he may have yeah. turned off this podcast because of the swearing earlier, but 
Josh Bauer, you got to do something about editing the video and take it all down because as you're coming through to the start finish line, it looks like you're trying to give a high five, maybe take a hand up from someone. And uh, that that hand up did not work. It looks like grabs your bars and you crash going into the start finish. I'm sure it's an embarrassing thing, but you know, the embarrassment (laughs) goes away when you are the Minnesota state side cross champion. Yeah. But I would definitely go to that person that tried giving you a high five or whatever it was and give him a old noogie because, you know, it was a little embarrassing. I didn't know this happened. I'm watching the video. Then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like that's unfortunate. Yeah. I only heard yeah. about it uh, after the race. Too. Well, look, you were you know racing what? and you weren't yeah, near was, the front. So you didn't no, see it. I wasn't there anymore. I was far so off the back. There's two kind of finish line faux pas you can have, right? And this is definitely the least offensive of the two. Well, there's, there's you're there's, winning there's, when it happens. Right. So it's, there's a it's crashing hard to on the take it too poorly, right? Right. There's a crashing on the line or after the line, which has definitely happened to many people. Yeah. Uh, but the the other the other option you have of of finish line faux pas is posting up too early and getting pipped at the line. Yeah. So See, that that definitely, if you're gonna do one of them, this is the if way to go. You're gonna mess well, up. You might as well then win. I, I well exactly, and I think well here's the here's the faux pas Spencer that maybe is a little bit out of Josh Bauer's uh, reach is that there seemed to be fan interference here, so this is not like the old like crashing because he threw his oh, bike no, too hard. No, no, like, no, 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 no. This is this is celebratory. <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving him an out here error. No, this is an operator error. I mean, he's not getting out of this. He's probably I'm just really saying. tired. It was a hard race. Could have been worse. Out. So if anybody had tried to touch me at the end of the race, I would have fallen over. Let me tell you. (laughs) So in little guy, you said that as you're racing, there's multiple people giving you shout outs like, Hey, slow ride podcast. Not not while I was racing. People gave gave me slow ride shout outs. I don't, I don't like as you're walking to the car, they're like, Hey, I did did get some people. And and one of them, and one of them is Owen Thole, uh, apparently a fan of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I maybe talked to him once in my life, and I swear it was him. <laughs> but he at left the 2006, an impression on you, or at least somebody who you think has that name left that impression on you. And, and so I have emailed uh, my contacts to see uh, who who is yeah. out there. But well, I swear I, it was Owen Thole who won multiple races as a Cat 5 and just never upgraded... Um, Years well, ago, he, but I could he, be wrong. He he uh, doesn't agree with anything you said on the last podcast. Maybe it was two podcasts ago. <laughs> I remember. Um, I, I I can I can vouch speaking to him. He, he does not agree with what you said. Um, I think he'll be writing in to probably correct the errors that you yeah, made. Yeah, as a you know as a uh, journalistic endeavor here with a lot of integrity, we will definitely look at both sides of this story. <laughs> Very and I will, if I am wrong, I will state a correction. Um, yeah. And I don't even know why I mentioned Owen Thole's name other than <laughs> if it was facts. Now, the scary thing is that if it <laughs> wasn't really him and I'm just mentioning his name, yeah. uh, that's – I mean, hey, you want to hang out next time? I'm going to be up there in December. <laughs> like, we can yeah. all go have well, a we, beer. The, yeah, we should get a beer. You, he can tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> so – other uh, news, guys, uh, coming through, of course, probably the biggest news of it all is that we have an interview with USA Cycling President Derek Bouchard-Hall coming up in a few weeks. Ah, nah, Tim, Tim, that's just a joke we made last week. No, it's real. No, no, it's real, Spencer. Like, he replied to my email. No. 
that's you you've been duped 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 by who i i somebody with the same initials i guess i don't know oh i'm getting nervous for this interview and now i'm even more nervous because you're saying it's not gonna happen no i think it's possible he also wants you to just send him uh your bank account info before the thing yeah just for to check verification purposes so just send him your routing number I, I'm I'm very uh, I don't know what questions to ask. So we would love our listeners to send us emails, any yeah. type of question you want us to ask Derek yeah. Bouchard Hall. We will do it. Eric Saunders, former pro, has already hit us up saying like, "Wait, are you guys taking questions from the from your fans?" Yeah, you know, we will read most of them verbatim unless they will get us in trouble with the president himself. Um, We're so, obviously going to screen them a little bit. Yeah, just you a little. You can't. You, he's the president. You can't say crap. You can't say something like that. No, but I mean, oh if you want to ask him about who he thinks the most popular American cyclist is, that would, I mean, I think that's fair game. I bet yeah. he's not going to answer that. He doesn't I, want to, I, he doesn't want to embarrass wanna, me on the podcast. I hope we can ask him uh, how many tours he thinks Lance has won. Ooh, that's a, should, should that be the first question we ask? You think just like start right away, just like. Really set the tone. Oh, this is the Lance question. That's like. That's like, cold, lo- don't man. lob any softballs at all. Just be like, hey. Hey, let's we talk only about have Lance Armstrong. Let's make this miserable for everybody. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners, for you, for us. It's going to be terrible. Let's do this. No, let's not do that. But let's let's actually get some good questions. If anyone has anything they want to ask him, okay. let us know. Yeah, please uh, send them over our way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty why, excited about that. Why isn't it free to rock the one cog? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's it. That's a very good question. Um, I, I want to ask him about we'll finally his... finally get the answer for that. That's an That's age-old true. question. It's you know, true. And one of the main things we're going to talk about, and this got emailed to us by uh, uh, two different people, was that article where he announced that the, US, the USA Cycling is going to operate at a $1 million loss in 2016. Yeah. Or was it 2015? And he's already like sharpened the pencils and cut as much as he can. But it shows you that we finally seem to have a businessman that's inside the office and trying to be as transparent as possible like you're sitting there looking at it going like okay he's like laying everything out there and that that is commendable yeah. um well, I'm, I'm surprised that he could find somebody in that office that knew the financials at all like i have a feeling that uh, there are no records kept there's not like a, there's a guy in the back room with an abacus he's like yeah they they found him like you know, he'd been subsisting off the whatever was in the vending machine for the last couple of years. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, he's eating a lot of bugles. He's <laughs> down to only bugles and funions. <laughs> so we did get a, a one email question uh, this week, and I do want to bring it up, um, gentlemen. It comes from Tom all the way in Australia. He says, greetings from Melbourne. Massive fan of the show. Despite my passions for bikes, far outstripping my talent and actually riding them. I recently got a new job, which means I finally have the budget to start shopping for my first cross bike in the hopes of doing some Cat 4-5 races in the Aussie cross season next April. Um, so, cool. Is the same category system? I, I don't know. That that was one of my first questions. And the yeah. second is, why would you be listening to us from Melbourne, Australia? Um, I've awesome. got lots of questions. Do you guys have any tips for buying a newbie's cross bike on a relatively meager budget? Now, he did spell meager the Australian way with M-E-A-G-R-E. 
Um, and that's approximately $1,000 US. So that's what, like $5,000 Australian? Um, I'm pretty keen on getting something with disc brakes because I'm a ma- massive coward and something without <laughs> really grippy tires because cross courses down under are mostly grass and dirt. And I'd probably also commute on it about 30 kilometers to work every day. Help me out. Thousand bucks. That's going to be a little tough for a disc brake bike. So yeah, that's, that's new technology. We're, yeah, know. that's that's some new technology. Now, I can tell you uh, what I would do is just at, call up little guy and say, hey, little guy, what should I do? I got a thousand bucks. I need a cross bike. And then he would give <laughs> me this advice. So I'm actually in your shoes, Tom. I would, t- I would. No, so no, this is what I'm, you'd call and ask me. I'd tell you, you'd do the opposite. Uh-huh. Then, like, six months later, you'd be like, hey, my seat post is breaking or something. And I'd be like, did you do what I told you? And you'd say, no. So what should we get Tom? What should Tom do? He should go on eBay for a thousand bucks. thousand bucks, it's going to be tough to get anything that doesn't have, like, Sora on it. Do they have Sora down there? Maybe they call it something different down there. But, Australian um, eBay? Yeah. <laughs> Australian eBay. You know, do you guys find this? This is slightly off topic, but you're on eBay. You find something that looks super cool. You really want it. It's it's pictured in a tropical paradise in the background. <laughs> and then you're like, damn it, it's in Australia. I can't buy that. Yeah. This comes yeah, up a lot because I search for decordies a lot because Caitlin had a decordy for a while. And it seems like there was like one shop in the US in the eighties that imported decordies. It seems like there was about a million that imported decordies into Australia. Mm-hmm. Um they're all in Australia. They're all reasonably priced, and I can't get my hands. So you know, it's like a, it's like buying a Vanagon from Southern California. You know, it doesn't have the rust because they, they don't yeah. have the winters down there. You know, but, it, but it's you're also gonna, five thousand miles nice away from where you are. Yeah. Exactly, and, and there's not much cross racing probably happening there in Australia either. So uh, you know, whatever you get on the used market, it's going to be pretty pristine quality. I'm thinking. So now, well, I get a red line. Now, so if his season starts next April, so their winter goes till basically right now. Like now would be the time to buy because the season is pretty much over, right? Because it's isn't mm-hmm. it Australian summer right now? That's, uh, isn't it the yeah, time of year where Australia gets twelve hours of darkness? I don't think they ever get twelve hours of darkness. I think they get thirty-seven hours of light or something like that. Oh, I so, back. all right. I think that is that toilet thing real. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna mention this. So Tom, can you email us back? Does the toilet really flush the opposite way down there? Counterclockwise? I don't feel like that's real, but I mean the only thing I gotta go on is the Simpsons episode. So bike advice, did we have any? Uh, yeah, I, I have none. We should get a red line. I, I in, increase okay. your budget or get a red line, yeah. No, I, think, no, no, no. I mean really like if you want a decent no, bike that you can get a disc one, get a red line. You could even find one of the early like two thousand three aluminum ones that had disc tabs. Reasonable price. Aren't There's they getting rid of red lines? Plenty Isn't... of bikes you can get for a thousand bucks. But with disc brakes, though? Well, probably now, because everybody wants disc brakes now. I think you can about... probably get a, a used bike on eBay now that the season's over. Yeah. Just get a red line. Why not just go work at a bike shop, Tom? Oh, and then get the pro deal. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then Here, here's, the, here's the American <laughs> way of doing things. Let me tell you about Cat 4, 5 elite teams in America. Yeah, join a what team, buy do, a bike, never race. Join a team where you get a massive discount on a brand new bike, or maybe you uh, get a job at a shop where you work, yeah, I don't know, three, four hours a week, maybe maybe three, four hours a month, and you still get that uh, 
uh, you know, that wholesale pricing on a brand new bike. And that way you can get, you know, your specialized, your Trek, your giant, whatever, brand new, uh, looking very pro for uh, pennies, pennies on the dollar. This is a great idea. This is a great idea, Spencer. And and in fact, let's uh, role play to Tom how this Mm -hmm. is going to work. So Spencer, you're the customer and I'm Tom at uh, Acme Bike Shop. Hey, uh, hello. Uh, Can I help you today? Yeah, hey, uh, I'm looking uh, looking for a bike. Maybe I don't know. Um, cool. What kind of riding do you do? Uh, just you know, back and forth to work, I guess. Oh, nice. It's it's cool to be out there. Hey, um, I don't really work here, but let me go get someone that does. Um, Matt. Hey, little guy, can you uh, help out this gentleman? See, right there, did it. Yeah. That's how. You, that's... He's got some technical questions. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. Man, that's how you get your employee discount. That's how you get a sweet cross bike at about a thousand bucks. Yeah, and then uh, what? What Tim would do after that, if the role play continued, was he'd just head to the employee restroom and hang out in there for about forty-five minutes, and then come back and do it one more time, and then the shift is over. That's pretty much what I would do, yeah. and I did do at Swift Cycle, Kingsville, <laughs> <laughs> Florida. No longer in business. Oh. <laughs> we still have a month. Come on. <laughs> Well, guys, we did not get any reviews. for some great deals. Yeah, if you don't eight, see Tim, he's definitely in the restaurant. <laughs> Everything's 80% off. Um, so, guys, we have a uh, we did not get any um, reviews on the old uh, iTunes or Stitcher. Um, okay. And we've used up all of our uh, significant others' reviews capabilities. Mm-hmm. So people need to go on there and leave us a review. Huh, um Get us up the rankings. I know it's fat bike season, but you can still listen to our podcast. Yeah. We're expecting the surge from fat bike radio listeners any moment. Uh, so we need to really keep keep them in the rear view mirror. Now, we did see a couple of podiums um, that have gotten emailed to us and oh. also tweeted at us. Really did good I, one I, from I, Colorado. What's that, little guy? Did I send you my podium? Um, no, where you are. <laughs> one. I was. Um, we, do, uh, we do get a, a nice uh, uh, couple of tweets about a podium in Colorado where the fourth and fifth place are wearing parkas, but maybe they are also um, podium attendants. I couldn't really tell Those, in the uh, picture. That photo, is that the same photo where second and third are actually backwards? Whoever set up the podium yes. has it opposite. Yeah. See, I've, do you guys feel like podiums are, are just getting worse like daily or do you think there's just more attention has been brought to it? So we're, we're seeing more examples. I think there's more attention. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those lost arts that like people just don't care about as much anymore. Like, uh, you know, even tubular tires are going to tubeless and, and the kids just don't care. And I think I agree. Are, the kids they're don't so finicky. Care. Now kids are just going to disc brakes, you know, and like um, clips and straps have moved to clipless pedals and so forth and so on. Bikes aren't real or steel anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's kind of hard to pedal so we're putting motors in everything for the tour de france yeah oh, that's the way it should be because <laughs> yeah. we've been testing them out at the giro with Ryder heshtal mm-hmm. hey um ford uh, mcmurphy uh tweeted us hey guys if you were the national champion how far would you take the stars and stripes bibs shoes helmets gloves t-shirts um podium shoes so the question is you know would you wear the stars and stripes beyond just the jersey and maybe the skin suit? Like, would you go to the stars and stripes helmet? Like, where where does it stop? I think I'd have like one casual outfit I wore all year that was stars and stripes. So you'd you'd pull like the Uncle Sam, like you would. Like I'd, 
I'd wear, I'd be at the grocery store and people would be like, what's that guy? Is he crazy? And they're like, no, he's, he's national champion in a 45 plus uh, <laughs> uh, bike. pursuit. Bat bike pursuit. <laughs> pursuit. God damn it. <laughs> I'd really, I'd really milk it. And I don't even like looking at the American flag. I, I think you. it's ugly. <laughs> I don't know if the American flag is that ugly. I mean, it's a good symbol. It's got. Have you stuff. ever no think think of any national national kit yeah. you've any ever seen anybody wear? They're all it's ugly. it's a tough design to work with for sure. There's but some... it's one of those designs that's so bad that I think as a national champion you have to own it. You just have to be like whatever. There's, there's, a, there's just, a lot of leeway. I don't care. There's some good I'm national gonna... champion kits out there. Though, oh yeah, do you guys remember when Axel Rose was national champion? He he owned it really well. Wait, Spencer. He did. Spencer. Was, so you're saying you have to own it? Yeah. Here's, 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 here's if I was national champion, and that's a big if, right? Um, I would go full hundred thousand percent stars and stripes everywhere, with the exception of the bibs, which would be black. But I would do jersey, compression socks, helmet, compression socks, <laughs> podium shoes, regular shoes. Bike, wheels, sunglasses, uh, you know, earrings. tie, pocket square, everything. Uh, you know, I'd wrap the car. You know, you only get to do that once. So the best part of wrapping the car would be when you return it when your lease is over. <laughs> and it's wrapped yeah. up national kit. Oh, yeah. I was a uh, fat bike pursuit national champion. Yeah. Hey guys, folks you know, like dealer would be like, dude, what did you do to this? And be like, what's up with your what's up with your mileage? And they'd be like, okay, square deal. <laughs> So, uh, hey, another one. Hey, guys, what frame pump do you use, and why is it so much better than CO2 and mini pumps? Who uses a frame pump anymore? Come on, CO2 all the way, bro. I'll tell you who uses a frame pump. Our weird, weird old dudes who have too much money to waste. Why do you have that? Just use your use your arms, your puny little bike racer arms. It's the only time you get any workout in those things. (laughs) This is the classic difference between a roadie and a mountain biker and how those two worlds have melded together that now there's this debate in the road world about what to do because every mountain biker is like, Oh yeah, CO2, of course. And every roadie is like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. It's hard to use. I'm confused. It gets cold, but uh, I'll tell you all the, all the pros out here that I know all run a frame pump, every single one of them. Yeah. And they're very adamant about it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't only... have the same pump. I used to, but I don't anymore. I just carry a little guy around. Um, it's, it's actually kind of medium. It's weird. Cause I'm sick of going on all the rides with you just so I can pump up your damn tires. Well, you know, <clears throat> I don't okay, do, do you run a frame pump right now, little guy, when you go out on a ride or do you have a pocket pump? No, I have a little pump. I have a frame pump. Um, I only have one frame though that has like the little, the little sweet tab on the head tube for the frame pump, like on mm. my touring bike. So that. no. Well, it holds better, you know. But I do have a frame pump. I've used it. But yeah, but so not often. Okay, ever since I moved away from Minneapolis, I can't depend on you to fix all my uh bike problems uh, while we're out on the road. So I I have had to, you know, come actually come carry, to carry a pump around there's, with me and, for and all the people that don't know, there's nothing like going on a ride with Spencer where he gets a flat <laughs> and then goes, "I don't have anything in my pockets." Hey, uh, we're do like, you have a pump? We're like and then two, two hours later. out of the city. You have uh, oh yeah, I don't have uh, a pump. I have one tire lever. Oh, it's broken tire lever. I don't have that. 
And so I give him that. Then we ride a little far. We stop at the coffee shop. I didn't bring my wallet. <laughs> oh, I don't have. We get we get really far out in the middle of nowhere. It's really hot. I didn't put water in my bottles before I left. There's just yeah. this dribble from three weeks ago that tastes like mold. <laughs> water doesn't mold. <laughs> so okay, we got we did get quite a few other tweets. I, I just want to read through. A shout out to Angus Butterall tells us like, hey, he actually lives in Toronto and he. Well, what? didn't answer the question on if he actually goes to Buffalo or not or avoids it mm. altogether. Yeah. Um, we also have a, uh, a very important tweet came from Ted King. Um, and Ted King goes... The Ted King? The Ted King. He says, hey, you jerks who don't wave when I'm ra- waving right at you. Wave back. So Ted King, obviously obvi- a listener of the uh, Slow Ride podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. And um, Eric Ungland says, hey... He will donate his Walmart fat bike to Little Guy for free <laughs> Whoa. if the Little Guy will ride it. I mean, I'll... I saw, it I has know, mustache bars and a dirty chain. I gotta Whoa. say, the mustache you got, you got to ride it at work. And the coaster bike thing made, made me totally want I don't want to ride it at work. I want to go take it down to the creek and ride it till it breaks through the ice and then just leave it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you have anything else to add to this uh, wonderful episode of the Slow Ride Podcast? Before we head into Thanksgiving, want to wish all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. I think that wraps it up for me. Right. Gobble, gobble. That's well, all it is. We'd like to thank, as always, BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for our intro and outro and mid, um, mid-episode uh, music, if you will. Uh, his album is Radio Do Cannibal on Rhyme Series. And we'd like to thank as all... a brand new... He has a brand new album out that we should promote for him um, called Bones and Beaker uh, with uh, some other MC guy who does all the music. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Check it out. Whatever. Cool. And uh, the major uh, thanks to everyone that has downloaded our um, I- on iTunes or Stitcher and left a review. We love reviews. We also love your emails. Thanks for everyone that emails us all the time. And we'd also like to remind you, like Ted King does... You wave every single time you see someone wearing spandex or just riding their bike having a good time. Yeah, everybody, not just spandex. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Podcast.